Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Foundations. My name is Joshua and today's episode will be the second elaboration on the first part of the Vin Armani interview. So if you're coming into this fresh, you are not at the right place. Go back to the first part of the Vin Armani interview and then listen to the first elaboration on those topics and then this is the second elaboration. Then in the following episode, I will get back to playing the second part of the actual interview. So that's kind of the format where we're at right now. This episode should be much shorter than the last one. I didn't expect the last one to be two and a half hours long. So either you're welcome or I'm sorry, depending on who you are and what your preference is. But for today's episode, we are going to focus on the second half of that first part of the interview where we talked about NPCs and the is-ought issue and coming into the age of science and what that looks like. Uh, Vin mentioned theocracy, that we're now in a theocracy. We'll talk about that. And we also got into a little bit about pop Christianity and the Church of Woke started getting into that. So I'll go over those things. Those will be the topics for this episode. And so I guess I'll just start right now. So let's start off with the idea of an NPC. That's something that Vin just alluded to. He just made that comment about people are NPCs and their ought is the furtherance of their is. So let's break that down a little bit. Because although most of us are probably familiar with the term, just in case, the idea of an NPC is like in a video game, you have these non-playable characters. It's these background characters that are in the game. They are programmed to say certain things or do certain things, but it's not like anyone is controlling them. It's not the player that you are controlling. No one else is controlling them. They're these non-playable characters that just play their role in the game as the game progresses. And that's the idea that a lot of people are like this. They're not really doing anything significant. Their individuality is not very significant. They're just playing this certain role as if they were an NPC in a game. And that's kind of the role that a lot of people play, unfortunately. And their ought or their purpose or their goal, however you want to phrase that, their ought is the furtherance of the is. So the material, the way things are, the systems that exist, the things that are in their life, materialism and consumerism as a whole, their goals, their aims, their desires, their purpose is all wrapped up in this, in the world's systems, the political system or the economic system or being very materialistic and having lots of things, looking good. Vanity is a big player from this perspective as well. And so with this, basically, we've erased meaningful resistance and individuality. And it's been basically compartmentalized into these cosmetic differences. It's like we have this one social body. We have this one social mind, this idea of groupthink. And that is what's going on in society writ large. But we are promoting individuality, but it's only in the sense of cosmetic differences. So if you think of a video game and maybe you can buy a different outfit or a mask of some kind or change the color of your weapon or any of these cosmetic differences and changes that you can customize with your player in a game, that's kind of what's going on is it's this idea of gender and sexuality and race and hobbies and all of these things, religions, all of these are the types of things that are being promoted in the sense of being more individualistic, where you are different than most everybody else in society, or at least a large chunk of people in society. And this is promoted, and this works well. But if you are an individual, you have these unique characteristics in another area that is actually meaningful and that shows real resistance against the current systems or the church of woke, so to say, then that is not acceptable. That is not encouraged. So if you have a specific set of ethics or morality, or if you are dogmatic about a religion that says that there is only one way, or if you are focused on the biological aspect of gender any of these types of things, you are definitely not encouraged to think 
outside the box in those areas. You're only supposed to think outside the box in these cosmetic areas that don't really affect a lot of social change, except for in the direction of the Church of Woke, furthering that kingdom. That is where we need to focus all of the social change so we can be more of a unified social body. We can be more of a unified social mind. We have groupthink, not wrongthink. Wrongthink is when you are thinking about these things like natural rights and absolute morality, these types of things. That is wrongthink. If you are thinking for the good of the whole, that is where we're going. That is the goal of this idea of the Church of Woke. And so going back to the idea of an NPC within this context and setting within the society we live in today, if you look at kind of the older generations, I would say maybe getting into the millennial generation or so, the idea of what the goals were in someone's life, the ought, what was filling that void was materialism. It was consumerism. Uh, the question of why do this? Why take that job? The, the answer is always to make money. And there really doesn't need to be any further goal than that. It's just all about making more money. And if there's another goal to that, it's to buy more stuff. You have more money so you can buy more stuff. Again, consumerism, materialism, that was the goal of an NPC. And that furthers, obviously, all the systems, especially the economic systems. That is kind of the whole point of promoting consumerism, so that you have more people buying more crap that they don't need. It's like the quote that I'm sure a lot of you have heard, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. That was kind of the mentality here. And that leaves a big void in society that is now being felt. That's where the shift into a more mystical age, a magical age, an ideational age, however you want to call that, as we're getting into the dim age, we are shifting ages. That's where that comes from is because there's such a void there. There, there isn't a lot of meaning behind that. When you really get into materialism and consumerism and look at people who have taken that to the max, they have millions or billions of dollars, or they have all this celebrity and all this money, and a lot of times they're just not happy. And if they are, they're probably no happier than your average middle-class family person. And so... It, it, there's an emptiness there. There's a void there. There's a a lack of purpose of the ought. If the ought is just to further the is, then it feels empty. And in addition to this, it is obviously corrupt. When you look at people that are following this path of climbing the corporate ladder, making a bunch of money, building up all this material wealth, if you look at these systems that promote that, the crony capitalism that we have today, it is obviously corrupt. It is obviously not going down a righteous path. And this is where the Church of Woke steps in to fill that void, to fix that problem. That is why people are shifting. Religion itself has not been promoted very heavily in the previous materialistic sensate age that we were coming out of. Uh, religion was something that you do on your own. It's kind of your own segregated aspect of your life. You believe what you believe. You have your own truth. And even within a religion, let's say Christianity is the one we're using for all of our, most of our examples at least in these episodes, with Christianity— even within that, it's segregated into all these different denominations that have all these different beliefs. And so when you say Christian, it's hard to even know what the heck you're talking about. Are you talking about those hypocrites that just go to church every Sunday so that they look good? Are you talking about those crazy people that live in an intentional community in a commune by themselves and don't have anything to do with anybody else? Are you talking about those people that are jumping up and screaming and dancing around and doing all this crazy stuff? What are you talking about? What the heck is a Christian? We don't know because it is so segregated. It's not unified. And it's also not holistic. Just because someone goes to church doesn't mean they're acting any different than the other people that you are around and working with. And so it's it's not holistic in this view. And I've talked about that before here, where the Church of Woke, on the contrary, 
is very holistic and it doesn't matter which denomination you are a part of in the church of woke you follow the same ideology you are very unified you are very uniform this is the church of woke and this is a holistic view if you are all for fighting climate change, you're probably all for most of the other social justice issues. And again, this is a unified front. And this is where the Church of Woke is coming in and filling this void. Religion, again, wasn't even promoted, and it wasn't even sought for as much in a materialistic and sensate culture. But now that there is a search for the ought, a search for purpose and goal, religion, spirituality, all of these things. They look back at the most common religion that most of us are familiar with in the West, and that's Christianity, and they see that it is so corrupt, it is so segregated, it is not fitting in with the ideals and ideologies and ethics and morals of modern culture. It goes totally against the Church of Woke. And the Church of Woke, on the contrary, goes right with all of the societal trends and all of these things. And so it has a much stronger calling. And just like all of the aspects of the system were pushing for this MPC mindset of you just further this materialistic system, it, the same thing is happening within the age we're shifting into where people are being programmed as MPCs just in a different role. Instead of being just pure consumers, now they are being put into this role of the Church of Woke, really, it's being a part of this religion, whether that be evangelism or whether that be creating converts or whether that be attacking hypocrites, whatever role that this religion needs, that is what its MPCs are programmed to do. It's not like they're actually digging into all these different things and looking into the facts behind them, the data behind it, the history. No, no, they are programmed to act a certain way. They have a certain ideology, and that is basically just where they're focused. They, they go in one direction, they think on one track, and that is the more modern version of the MPC. And that's what we're starting to deal with more and more. Now, going back to this issue of the is-ought problem, I want to expand on that a little bit and apply it to things we're going through right now. And that would be COVID. That would obviously be the most apropos example to go with. And so, COVID really is a battle of the is-ought, and it depends on which way you look at it, because again, we're shifting into an age, but we still have aspects of the previous age. So let's look at this from both perspectives. If you look at it from the slightly older materialistic perspective, then it is the is that is the focus over the ought. And so how this plays out, the is would be the materialistic, concrete, structured things. That would be things like stats and data and things like this. And so on one hand, as you have heard me and Vin both say, and probably many other people say, that facts and logic don't work in this modern age, in the dim age. Well, you still do have the remnants of the materialistic mindset. And when they view it through the perspective of probably the Church of Woke and the modern things going on now, they have put a big focus on getting the stats to zero when it comes to COVID. We want no people to die from this. We want no people to contract it or to spread it. We want to get these things down to zero. And if there's only one person that dies of COVID, we have failed. And so that is a very big focus on the data, on the statistics, on the facts, on the is. And the ought is to further the is. And we ought to do anything and everything we can to make sure that we achieve these concrete materialistic goals. And so that's how this is being applied. Now, when you look from the other perspective of the ought being more important than the is, the ought over is, which is more the age we are shifting into, this shifts more into the perspective of we ought to eliminate the evils of the material world. And this would be regardless of any stats or any logic or rationality. None of that matters because we need to 
make the is fit the ought. And that is, again, this newer generation, this newer mindset of ought over is. The ought rules the is. Whereas it used to be that the role of the ought was just to further the is because the is is the most important. Now it is that the ought is the most important and the is just needs to match what the ought is. And so that's where we are going right now. And again, we eliminate the evils of humanity and the material world. And some of those evils are things like death and disease and poverty, all of these things. This is the ought. And whatever we have to do to make the material world fit this idealistic view that we have, that is what we ought to do. And that is what determines what we actually do. And you'll notice that both of these things push for the exact same thing. It's the exact same scenario that plays out regardless of which way you look at that. Now, from maybe my perspective and many other people's perspectives, probably a lot of the listeners here, they would look at things a little differently where they would look at the stats and the data and the facts and the logic, but instead of only narrowly focusing on the COVID stats, also looking at things like suicide rates and domestic abuse and drug overdoses and unemployment and all of these things from a holistic perspective. How do all these things connect and how are all of these affected by the COVID response? It's not just about the stats and data regarding COVID, but even with just the stats and data regarding COVID, if you had only 0.001% of people that catch COVID actually die, while we may admit and recognize that death is a tragedy and that that is something that should be taken seriously, it doesn't make any sense to enact policies that kill more people just because it is killing people through a way that we don't really see. It's the unseen issue, going back to, I guess, Bastiat's The Law, really, um, the, the seen and the unseen. The modern mindset only focuses on the scene, on the things right in front of their faces. And why do you think that is? Well, if you've listened to previous episodes, especially season one on the education system, that should give you some good answers. The education system produces people that have very segregated mindsets in regards to different subjects and different connections. They don't really teach how to connect all these different things together from a holistic perspective. No, you have this narrow focus of specialization in each individual area. And so it makes sense that this is playing out in modern times by people that have gone through that system that promotes them being an NPC in this pre-programmed way. And again, it just makes sense why it is all playing out the way that it is. Now, as we are shifting into this next age, we are going through the dim age. We are coming into this age of science. This is an age that really focuses on perfecting the is the material by immaterial means. And the ought is in full control of the is. That is the goal. And the methods of this are the magic, the mystical methods here. And this would be things like technology, like genetics. These tools are used to modify the material to fit the immaterial ideology, to modify the is to fit the ought. And this is the prime goal of this coming age. Now, while I will say that the Church of Woke is a religion, there is this religious aspect to it, the tools that this religion uses are material tools, really. These are scientific tools. So it's not by spiritual and religious means that they change the is to fit the ought. It is by these more technological means, this scientific magic. It's the idea of creating a man-made eternal life where we never die, where we never get sick. And this happens in the material world. In previous shifts to more spiritual-focused ages, to more ideational ages, these things were 
put into the format of eternal life from a religious perspective that when you die, there is an afterlife. And that was the big focus. And so you fit the material, you fit the way that you live into the framework of the ought, of the religious ideals, so that you can receive this reward of eternal life. And this is a more mystical, religious, spiritual goal. And again, you are fitting the material to match the immaterial. The ought is what is controlling the is. And again, in past ages, this was usually focused on religion, and in the West, especially Christianity. But now, this is being applied to the material world itself. We redefine the material. We change it. Not only that, we create it. And when you remove this religious aspect and the religious boundaries, really, that exist with a set morality based on any of the major religions that have existed in modern times— you get to this motivation, this ought of really just being to eliminate all human and material limitation so that we can be our own gods, so that we can create ourselves in the image of ourselves, of our idealistic selves. We have this goal. We have this ideational mindset. We have this ideology that we follow of creating a human race that is perfect. And we will do this. This is not only what we will do. This is what we should do. This is what we ought to do. And so we are going to change the is to fit the ought according to the religion and ideology of the Church of Woke. And that is the age that we are shifting into. So when Vin says that the state as we knew it no longer exists, we are now in a theocracy, I think I've explained this fully enough that it's the Church of Woke that runs everything. They run the politicians. They run the scientists and medical research. They run the schools. They run even the religious institutions. Look at how many, especially Christian denominations, have started to support things like gay marriage and transsexuality and these types of things. And I'm not making a judgment on personally saying that this is wrong or evil, but I would say that the Bible that these people claim to follow, where they base all of their morality and ethics from, does say that that is wrong, and they are changing to fit what the Church of Woke says they should fit. That is a different religion, and so th there are some pretty major issues there. Now, I'll give you an example for myself that I just ran into a few days ago. In the schools in my local county, they're putting up these signs on the walls, and it's, it's really this propaganda within propaganda where these signs are promoting the COVID vaccine. And these are going up in elementary schools and middle schools in an age range where there's virtually no threat of dying from the virus. And there's much more of a threat of having an adverse reaction or long-term consequences from the vaccine than from the virus. And we're not getting into that debate right now, but the point is that on this sign, it specifically says, in quotes, that research has shown that the COVID vaccines are safe and effective. But that's not true. The research has actually shown that they don't know if it's safe. That's why they are currently doing the human trials. It's still a trial run. That's why you have something like pharmacovigilance, where they are tracking and tracing every person that takes the vaccine for the next two years in order to monitor adverse side effects and figure out how this thing works and what the effects are, because they don't know. They don't know. And there is a good chance that it affects things like fertility. They don't know how it's going to change your body to interact with other strains of COVID or other viruses entirely. There are a lot of questions here. It has been proven scientifically, research has shown that this vaccine has an unknown level of safety. It is not proven to be safe. And it has definitely not been proven to be effective. That was not even sought. That was not even one of the goals. If you, if you consider effective to be keeping you from catching COVID because that's not what it's even designed to do. It's designed to stop you from having severe symptoms from COVID. And so maybe from that perspective, it might be fairly effective. But if more than 50% of people that catch COVID have little to no symptoms, 
but more than 50% of people that get the vaccine have mild to severe reactions to the vaccine, then how effective is that? If you're looking at just preventing symptoms, period, from any cause, you're going to get more symptoms from the vaccine than you're getting from the virus. So I don't even know if it's effective from that narrow perspective either. But the point is, you know, we have this propaganda going up in the schools that the vaccines are safe and effective. And it has this picture of like a looks like a vaccine little vial. And then there are three arrows that branch down from that kind of like a family tree. On one side, you have the stereotypical picture of a boy, like you have on bathroom signs, the boy's room and the girl's room. And so you have a boy on the left. Then you have a an image of a girl, the silhouette of a girl in a dress on the right. And then in the middle, you have this character that's half and half. It's like split down the middle and there's even like a slight gap between the two where one half is a boy and one half is a girl. And so in these elementary schools, middle schools, you have this propaganda of gender being fluid, gender being something that you choose, not something biological. You have this being promoted to all of these little kids. And just because I say propaganda doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. Marketing is propaganda and there's plenty of marketing that could be a good thing. Religious evangelism could be easily considered propaganda, especially teaching your kids, raising them up in a certain religion. That is propaganda. So it's not necessarily bad. I am not here to make judgments on those things. That is for a different setting. But my point is that these things in the school, we have these signs that are promoting getting the vaccine and they are promoting transsexuality or gender fluidity or however you want to word that. And both of these things are some of the primary goals of the Church of Woke in the, our current time frame. And so these are getting promoted throughout the school system. And that was kind of my point, that the Church of Woke controls all of it. It controls all of these systems. We're in the middle of, well, beginning, I guess, of the Great Reset. And one of the big aspects of the Great Reset is to create a new economic system. So it's not only the political system, it's not only the education system, it's the economic system. It is our medical system. I'm sure you've heard lots about that as well. All of these different aspects are, again, controlled by the Church of Woke. So this would be why Vin says we live in a theocracy, because the Church of Woke is a religion, and it does run all of it. It runs it all. And so this is a very true statement. And as I mesh that onto the framework that I have made myself, where I say we are entering into this age of science, an age of technocracy, that was the governance system that I saw coming up, and I still do. But this is a theocratic technocracy. And so it's very interesting here. It's, it's a role where we have the state and the corporate world both beholden to the Church of Woke, to our PC culture that we have going on. And we have this technocratic governance system, not only in place currently, where data and technology and all of these things, surveillance, are being used to govern populations within all the countries around the world. I don't think this is very controversial news, but it's that all of these things, this whole technocratic apparatus is now being taken over by the Church of Woke. And when you look at something like the Great Reset, and that is the goal, that's what's going on right now, we're at the beginning of this, all of their goals revolve around growing the technocracy from an ideology, from a morality of the Church of Woke. So if you look at their literature, if you listen to their presentations, if you watch their marketing videos, it is all about using technology to further these goals, the oughts of the Church of Woke. It is to create equality among all of us, to end poverty, to, again, change the economic system, create a new monetary system, and all of this being done through new technologies, from AI to smart cities to smart devices, to implants, to new medical technologies. Think the mRNA vaccine that's coming out right now. I think you can probably pretty clearly see how all of these things tie together. The aspect of technocracy, 
with the governance system of theocracy and you apply the church of woke and these modern technological shifts and you mesh all of those things together and look at that through a lens of knowing that we are shifting into this other age, into the dim age, into an age of ideational thinking, mysticism, magic, all of these things. And things should get pretty clear when we look at things from that perspective. Another recent example that stood out to me just uh, today, really, is there's this thing that's going on in the stock market with GameStop. It's a company that sells video games and things related to that, and its stock has not been valued very highly because everything's going digital. And there are all these big hedge funds and institutional investors that are shorting the stock, which just means they are betting on the stock going down. And so you have all of these users on Reddit in this specific subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And that's people that are getting in on what's called these penny stocks, all these stocks that might trade for 50 cents or 30 cents or sometimes a few dollars and stuff. But it's basically all these very risky gambles pretty much in the stock market. And that's the those are the types of things that they promote and discuss and talk about. Well, they've all basically colluded together to buy a bunch of GameStop stock and drive the price up. And what happens is that as the price goes up, then anybody that is shorting the stock is losing money and they have to close out their positions. Well, some of these positions are multiple millions of dollars. And so when all of a sudden they're closing out their short position, the way you do that is you actually buy the stock. So not only are all these people in Wall Street bets buying and pushing up the price, then every time one of these institutional investors or hedge funds or whatever closes out their position, they are buying more stock as well. So the price just goes up and through the roof. Uh, as of today, it's multiple hundreds of percent that it has grown in just the past, I think, week or so. And it's pretty crazy. And so it's it's hit some of the news channels and things like this. But the way I view it, again, talking about the perspective that we have and how we view the world, looking at the dim age and this shift and these types of things, I see that we are in the age of the commoner. We spoke about this last time where this next age is dominated by the archetype of the commoner. And that's what's happening there in that one prime example of GameStop where you have these just common, average, normal people. They're not rich, they're not powerful, they're not influential, but they have gotten together and actually changed the material world with their technological magic using this system of the stock market, which as Vin and I have talked about, has these magical components as all of capitalism and modern economics does. Money itself is magic. And so using the technology, which is magic as well, as the system, which has these magical components, the common people are changing the material world. And they are showing that these systems really are just magic. They're just for show. It's just a perception. It's a representation of the old corrupt system. And that's why some of these people are doing it, is that it's ideological that these big Wall Street players are, are so corrupt. They have corrupted these systems. They are taking money from the common man, and we need to get back at them. It's that idea of Occupy Wall Street and these types of movements that the Church of Woke is very behind. That is what's driving a lot of this. And so we see that playing out, the age of the commoner and the common person making their voices heard and changing aspects of the material world because they are the ones that are truly in power. Again, it's the church of woke that is truly in power. If you look at the storming of the Capitol, it's the same thing. It's just on the other side. You have these conservative Republicans, mostly a lot of Trump people. And yes, there may have been plenty of instigators, Antifa, who knows what. Again, I'm not getting into that. That's not the point. The point, though, is that you had all of these common citizens that took a stand and made a difference. They they shifted things in the material world. And uh, luckily for the system, 
they were able to steer this in a way that provided the opportunity to enact new policies and new laws and regulations. I think they really encouraged the commoners to step up in this way because it gives them the excuse to do all the things they wanted to do. They just didn't have a good reason to do them. And now that there was this insurrection and people were trying to revolt against the state, now they can classify all the people they don't like as domestic terrorists. And so they end up winning. But behind it, the ideology behind it is the commoner. And it is that aspect of our coming age, the age of the commoner, where the common people are getting together and making change. But the ideology that is pushing them, so the true power behind the commoner, is the Church of Woke. If you look at the parallel to Christianity, I would say that the Church of Woke would be a good representation of the kingdom of man. Now, I have said before that statism is a religion, but if we are saying now that the state is a theocracy, then what's the difference? Whether you are a statist from your own religious perspective or whether you are a member of the Church of Woke— it is now the same thing. I think I agree with Vin on that aspect. And so you're either part of the kingdom of man, which is ruled by the prince of this world. If you hear Vin referring to it in in that format, the powers and principalities that rule the world, and we'll get into that more in the rest of the interview. I, I think you'll really enjoy that. But we have this idea of the kingdom of man and the only other kingdom, and it is clearly laid out, very clearly laid out in the Bible, especially the beginning of the New Testament. That's what Jesus came preaching. That's what John the Baptist came preaching. It was repent and the kingdom of heaven is here or the kingdom of God is here. And this was the message that they were proclaiming. And so it's this idea of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man. You look all through the Bible, and that is the main story all through it. From the Tower of Babel, where the kingdom of man was trying to take the place of the kingdom of God. Heck, go even further back with Adam and Eve, where Adam and Eve wanted to take control of their own lives, make their own decisions, have all the knowledge themselves, be rulers over their own lives, versus God's way. It was man versus God. Tower of Babel, man versus God. You have the days of Noah, where basically man was corrupt, the kingdom of man versus God's ways, the righteous ways. There's the nation of Israel, where God specifically says that I will give you a king if you really want it, but I am telling you, you shouldn't want it. It is not going to go well, and this is a rejection of me. That's what God says to them. So it's either you have my rule, the kingdom of God, or you have your own rule, a human king ruling over you, and that would be the kingdom of man. And it's just over and over and over again, this is the paradigm that's set up in Christianity, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man. But both of these, when we look at the framework we're working with, they are both focused on the ought over the is. They both have this mystical or spiritual outlook. It is either a religious kind of spiritual magic or it plays out as a technological aspect. Like I mentioned before, we define human by either the Church of Woke doctrine or by God's doctrine, the way he designed nature. It's one or the other. It's the prince of this world versus the prince of peace or the most high God. It's one kingdom or the other, and these are the two that are, in a way, battling it out for dominance over this next age or over this transition. Again, if we accept that we are transitioning into a new age, we accept that the ideology and perspectives of society as a whole is changing, that we are focused more on the ideational versus the sensate, if we accept these things and we say that this is what is happening, then this framework of it's either shifting into a kingdom of God framework or a kingdom of man framework. And you don't even have to be religious to really see how this plays out, the differences between the two. Do we look at the material world the way that it naturally exists as being the ideal? And that would be the kingdom of God, that God created all things, that he designed things in a certain way, and God's way is the ideal way. That's the kingdom of God. 
Or do we view things as we as humans should create things the way that we want them created? We should change things to be whatever our whims are, whatever our ideals are at the time. And we should be in total control. We should have the power of creation, of manipulation, of even the biological and natural worlds. This is the kingdom of man. So again, even if you take religion out of it, it's going to be one or the other. This is the way that society is trending towards. And we are going to have to decide, all of us as individuals, for ourselves, which position we believe in, which position we are going to take ourselves. And so when we look at these shifts into a more immaterial world, and we see these two options, let's look at the way these options are presented in today's world. So Christianity, we have this problem, which I've mentioned before, of cultural Christianity or pop Christianity. It's heavily secular and segmented. It is not holistic. But that is actually not what I am talking about, and that's not what Vin's talking about when we talk about either Christianity or the kingdom of God. That is not what's set up in the Bible. In the Bible, with original Christianity, it is a holistic ideology that encompasses your entire life, everything, your political views, your economic positions and choices, your relationships, everything, your view of the environment. It doesn't matter. It is all taken up by Christianity, by your biblical worldview, if you look at Christianity and the biblical perspective from the way the Bible actually describes it, instead of looking at the modern pop Christian world as your example. And so with the original Christianity, there's really no need for the state. And again, I said it before that when God told Israel how to design their governance system, how to design their nation, there was no government. There's no need for a state under what I will say is the ideals of of the kingdom of God, Christianity from this perspective actually is fairly radical. And I would say that as society is shifting into this next age with these following characteristics, the radical is what people are looking for. They are not looking for just your normal everyday stuff that they've seen their whole lives. That's not what they want. That's not what they're seeking. They are seeking something different, something truly meaningful, something that is holistic, something that really gives them a greater purpose and greater meaning. And that's where we get into the radicalization of the Church of Woke. And the Church of Woke is also providing these things, just like original Christianity provides these things. And so with this other option of the Church of Woke, you really have this holy war going on. And you can use those metaphors because you have social justice warriors. That's what is going on. You have this aspect of sacrifice for the good of the whole. And the sacrificial system is in existence in almost every religion that has dominance over the world or has throughout history. There are always these aspects of morality, of sacrifice, of some sort of warfare, whether that be physical or spiritual, these are all aspects of any religion, and they are aspects of the Church of Woke as well. It is no different. And so what's very interesting is if you look at what the Church of Woke is fighting for, it's fighting for death. It is actually fighting for death, and this is metaphorical and literal. They are fighting for the death of the old system, and they're fighting for the death of individuality. So it's both. It's the whole and the individual. And so some examples of this would be something like lockdowns or social distancing. There is an aspect of death there, whether it's the death of a small business, the death of your job, or the death of your relationships and social life. There is an aspect of ending there. You look at something like the fight for euthanization of humans or assisted suicide or abortion all of these things are death, real death. People are dying. And not only are the social justice warriors fighting this holy war for the Church of Woke, not only are they okay with this, they are fighting tooth and nail for these things to happen. 
that is what they are fighting for. Again, it's death. And uh, again, like a lot of these other things, I'm not going to take a moral judgment stand against any one of these specific things. I'm just pointing out the trends and the patterns. The overarching theme here is death. All of these different aspects that they are fighting for, you could look at something like depopulation. Uh, obviously, uh, you've got something a little less drastic like deplatforming, the death of your social media existence or of your content that you've put out. This idea of firing heretics. If you say the wrong thing, you should get fired from your job. There was a guy just a few days ago that got fired from some pillow company, and I, I don't know the details, and I don't know anything about it. I just know that he said something that went against the Church of Woke, and he got fired because of the social pressure, because of the pressure of the Church of Woke. He lost his job. That aspect of his life died. Think of something like disowning friends and family because of how they view COVID-19 or the reaction to it. This is happening. It's the death of relationships, a relational death that is happening there. When people's faces are covered and you can't read their body language, you can't see their smiles, there is a death of an aspect of culture there. You're not shaking hands. You're not giving hugs. You're not meeting in large groups. All of these things involve death. And again, I am not going to take a judgment stand right now, right here, on all of these different things. I'm not saying that all of these things are bad and evil, and I'm not saying that they're all good. I am just saying that they are. And I am pointing out this aspect of an ending of the old, a death of the old. That is what the Church of Woke is fighting for, whereas... The kingdom of God, in contrast to the kingdom of man, fights for the life of the individual, the life of the traditional ways. It fights for the survival of the natural order. It's not that man should control the environment or control biology or control anything. It's that we should go to the way that things naturally are. So there is a stance on environmentalism that we should not be polluting the earth. That is a part of the kingdom of God. But saying that we should control and manipulate the weather, that is more kingdom of man, church of woke. And so I think you can see the difference there, but that's really what we're dealing with. Now, I believe that brings us up to date with the first section of the interview that I released. And so I'll stop here for this episode episode, and we'll pick up next time with the next section of the interview with Vin Armani, where we get more into the Church of Woke, and we get into a lot of aspects surrounding that. And so this should be a little bit of a preview of that. This should get you warmed up for that section of the conversation. And again, like the first section, there is a lot going on in this conversation. There's a lot of depth here. So hopefully this has been helpful to elaborate and draw out some details and perspectives out of the interview and do them in this format in between sections so that you can get as much out of this as possible because I believe there is a lot to get out of this. I would like to also say thank you to those of you that are interacting with me and the podcast. I have gotten a lot more downloads recently. I have also gotten another Patreon supporter. So thank you, Woot. You are appreciated and your donation is definitely appreciated. So that's really cool. I also got a few emails from people that have given me some feedback and said some very positive things. I greatly appreciate that. That is, that's very encouraging and it's very helpful. It's helpful to hear from you, the listener, and hear what your opinions are, what your perspective is, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want, these kinds of things. I'm producing content for you, and so to hear from you is very helpful. So thank you very much to those of you that have reached out. I've also heard back from Vin Armani a few times, and he gave official approval of the previous elaboration episode, so hopefully he approves of this as well. Some of the things I 
I talked about, especially there at the end of this episode, came out of some interaction that I had with him about the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man and this transition into the new age, or is the age of science actually the same thing as the transitional age, the dim age, or is it a new age in and of itself? We kind of talked about that a little bit, and so uh, some of my ideas came out of that for the end of this episode. I need to look at the ratings and reviews, and if there are new ones, thank you. I haven't seen them. I don't really look at that all that often, but each time I do, it is something that definitely lifts my spirits to see people saying nice things and uh, talking about how they are really getting a lot out of the content. I will also say that if you signed up as a patron, so that would be probably Ashley or Woot, and the only reason you did so was to get access to the extra episodes uh, or the entire interview with Van Armani all at once because you didn't want to wait, that's perfectly fine. Anybody feel welcome to do that? If you just very strongly want to hear the entire episode but don't want to pay for it in any way, send me an email. Maybe I'll be nice enough and just send it to you. That's what I do. I produce free content. I greatly appreciate it if you support the show. And it does mean a lot. And it actually pays for the hosting and the things that I get, the research materials, all of this stuff is paid for by largely, at least, by donations from you, the listeners. So I greatly appreciate that. But if you want something or you need something, feel free to reach out. I also have inside information on what you guys are listening to, and I've gotten a lot more downloads of the recent Vin Armani episodes than I have of earlier episodes within at least the past week or two. So I know a lot of people are coming in and listening to these Vin Armani episodes, and you're really getting into this. And I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other content that I've covered. If your podcast player doesn't go all the way back to episode one, then stream it from the website, the rfoundations.podbean.com, the links in the show notes, and you can go all the way back to the very beginning. And I really lay out the evolution of the systems in our society and how we got to where we are. A lot of the corruption, some of the conspiracy, a lot of the facts and logic, the stuff that might not win arguments today, but you really should know. And if you're interested in these types of things Ben and I are talking about, I've gotten into a lot of this stuff before, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to those things. Again, if you're interested in the historical parallels, listen to season two. It's all about the parallel of the Reformation, a lot of similar content. I do get into talking about technocracy and shifts into that. And so even though I hadn't fully developed the framework that I'm working off of right now, you see a lot of that because that's when I was in the process of developing a lot of that framework. And so I would encourage you to look into that. I think that's all I have for now. So I will say thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all of your support of all kinds, the emails, the financial support, the Twitter followers, all of the supports. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Come back next time for part two of the Vin Armani interview on The Dim Age. I'm out. Peace. This has been another episode of Our Foundation's podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye.